And we are off and running. Start Your Sunday, the first edition of Start Your Sunday in the year 2021. Happy New Year, everyone. Hope you ever had a great holiday. Hope you enjoyed the college football playoff. Welcome to Start Your Sunday, KCAU 88.1 or Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to your music and podcasts here in South Florida, Harrison Vavnik, alongside Garrett Pave in Nashville. Garrett, how was your New Year? Uh, I was good, Harrison. I had a good New Year. Uh, like you said, I got to watch some uh, good college football playoff action. We had a, a surprise and a not-so-surprise, but uh, overall, great New Year. These New Year's Six Bowl games, great way to ring in the New Year. It's all around. I'm not complaining. Yep, and we will start with the, the college football playoff in the New Year's Six. Yep. And you mentioned there was a surprise and not a surprise. We'll start with the more surprising for most people. Yeah, I'm not going to toot my own horn. I'm not going – I'm just going to, you know, in a more professional manner, I have been saying since the preseason that I did like this Ohio State team a lot. And I was – we can go back to our show on October the 25th where Ohio State – after Ohio State played their first game against Nebraska, I came on and said that we were on a collision course on Ohio State Clemson rematch. The clip is out there somewhere. It's on my Twitter feed. And it kind of was all building up into that game last night or Friday night that was. And Ohio State just seemed ready for it. They had been waiting over a year from that heartbreaking loss they had last year, the 29-23 semifinal loss in the Fiesta Bowl. And you could just saw the look in their eye. And the famous shot, I, I think it was Sermon. Or it was one of the players where it was just they were looking straight at the camera like, this is our moment, our time. Garrett will probably correct me of which – player that was but the meme is all over twitter all over social media but ohio state was just ready for that moment prepared they were had their eyes on clemson they'd heard the Davos sweeney ranked them number 11 in the country they'd only played five six games they shouldn't have played in the big 10 championship they shouldn't have done all this they shouldn't have had a season and now they're here the 49 28 win over clemson a huge upset as a seven and a half eight point underdog Justin Fields, the best performance of his career, 22 of 28, 385 through the air. Six touchdowns, did have the one pick. Trey Sermon continuing to carry that Buckeye backfield, 31 carries, 193 and a score. Chris Olave, huge return for him, six catches, 132, two touchdowns. Uh, Jameson Williams, three catches, 62 yards and a touchdown. Bios, Ohio State defense. The hell, Trevor Lawrence did have 400 yards, two touchdowns and a pick, but was not the Trevor Lawrence we had seen all year. Garrett, what did you see in the semifinal? Yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, you mentioned the seven and a half point uh, favorite for Clemson. I think a lot of people thought this game was going to be worse. A lot of people thought Clemson was going to come out and roll over Ohio State. Um, in the battle of arguably the two best quarterbacks in the entire country, Fields way outperformed Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence had a few more yards, but Justin Fields overall looked more comfortable, played more confident, and really just had the better game. <laughs> I think what really, you know, we talk about Ohio State, and Justin Fields, he's the big name. But Trey Sermon has just been tearing it up in the ground game as of recently. 331 yards in the Big Ten Championship, now 193 yards in the playoff game. He's a guy that early season was not stepping up. I mean, people were waiting for Trey Sermon. He was this big-time transfer from Oklahoma. They're waiting to see when is the Trey Sermon we know going to come out. He's come. Um, but I think, too, with Clemson – um, something to mention, as we know, Tony Elliott, uh, the offensive play yeah. caller, did not make the trip. And I think that played a big part into this loss. Um, Clemson all year has done a really good job of balancing the offense, of utilizing Travis Etienne while utilizing Trevor Lawrence through the air the entire game. This game, it just felt like they quit in the run game. Uh, Etienne had 10 carries for 32 yards and a touchdown. It just felt like they weren't trying to get ETN as involved as they had in prior games. I mean, Trevor Lawrence threw the ball 48 times. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if Trevor Lawrence has thrown the ball 48 times this year yet. That may be the first time. Yeah, I don't think he has. So I think that, you know, the loss of Tony Elliott and then also James Skalski, when he went out do that targeting call, the defense changed. He's their captain. He's their leader. He is the quarterback of the defense now don't get me wrong they still weren't playing well but when he went out they went downhill but for Ohio State man what a win Ryan Day has proved everybody wrong and it's a it really is I mean you you feel good for Justin Fields uh coming from Georgia 
making his name known. I think he has solidified himself potentially as a top two pick in the draft. But overall, this is this Ohio State Buckeyes team is for real. They're fresh. They got a chip on their shoulder, and they're dangerous. They're dangerous. Yep. And there's there's oh, so much to unpack in this game. But I'll go back to the Skalski uh, targeting call you just mentioned. There. Two sets of irony around it. The first thing is that he actually was tar- ejected for targeting in the national championship in the same stadium last year against yep. LSU and their only loss last year. And yep. also the Sean Wade targeting happened in the second quarter of last year's Fiesta Bowl that yep. kind of swung the momentum of that game. The score, I think, was 21 14 when Skowski mm-hmm. was ejected yep. for targeting. And Justin Fields just kept attacking from there. They were attacking the tight ends down the middle. They were taking advantage because Nolan Turner was out also because he was out for the first half because he had the targeting in the second half of the Notre Dame game. So just yep. kind of that where Sean Wade was out last year was a very similar play if you watched the two, and Fields was taking advantage of it. One of the things I wanted to mention that what happened for Ohio State in their loss last year to Clemson, Ohio State played a really good game. They were, in the first quarter of last year's national, last year's national semifinal, they were moving the ball offensively. They kept getting to the red yep. zone, and they were, it was J.K. Dobbins and – Austin Mack, who's now the New York Giants, and Chris Olave, obviously still at Ohio State now. But they were settling for field goals in the red zone. They were up 6 nothing that game. They had three trips down there where they kicked field goals, where they had a touchdown drop by Dobbins. Dobbins had a big run and got chased down inside the 10, and they were settling for field goals. This time, they got to the red zone, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And, you know, that was the difference from – they were up 35-14 at the break. That was the difference between being up 20-14 and 23-14 at the break. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think you're totally right. I think it Ohio State offensively really just looked more fluent today. I think they did a good job of really spreading the ball around. I talked about balance with Clemson. Ohio State's balance was phenomenal. Justin Fields threw for 385 and six touchdowns, but he only threw the ball 28 times. He threw it 20 times less than Trevor Lawrence. Sermon had 31 carries. They ran the ball 44 total times. Ohio State was just finishing drives better. You mentioned it. They were finishing drives better. They were executing when they needed to, and they were utilizing their weapons on offense. I mean, they only had seven receivers at the reception. But, I mean, they were making plays all over the field. And for Justin Fields, all year I've been kind of criticizing, okay, his decisiveness has not quite been there. He's made some throws that you question. He's throwing into coverage. He looked good. I mean, he was a confident quarterback. And, you know, when Skalski hit him in the ribs, you saw the pain that Justin Fields was going through. I mean, he was grimacing. He could barely walk. But an interesting quote, Ryan Day said after that game, he said, when Justin Fields walked off the field with that injury, he looked at Ryan Day and said, Coach, we're not losing this game. So I think from that moment you knew, like, they're not going anywhere. Like this team is here to win. That just shows the toughness of Justin Fields, the adversity he can overcome. I'll tell you that game last year lit a fire under his feet. I mean, he was ready to go and you could see it. Yeah. And I was going to say he was, he had a decent performance in last year's national semifinal, but it could have been better. He threw two interceptions, including the one to Nolan Turner in the end at the end of the game. And I think he kind of let – he mentioned he let the noise get to him. He had the big yep. game early in the year. He was the Heisman favorite at one point. We were talking that he was probably going to win the Heisman. Then he had the yep. poor showing against Indiana, had the poor showing in the, uh, the Big Ten Championship against Northwestern. Yep. And he said it got to his head, and he kind of had to regroup to where he was before. And then he has yep. the skin of his college career. And there were people talking about – even we were saying last week that Zach Wilson had probably moved himself to the second-best quarterback in that class. Yep. The draft class coming up in April. Justin Fields yep. is taking that spot back now. And yep. I want to talk, just finish off with Clemson here. Where does Clemson go from here? Because, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, of course. Yeah, there you go. Well, the Trevor Lawrence era, yeah. they went 38 and 2, something like that, in the 40th game for Trevor Lawrence. But I think it's either 37 and 2 or 38 and 2, somewhere in that ballpark. But they only got one national championship out of it. Yeah, great dynasty with him and Etienne and they Justin Ross, T. Higgins, Galloway, Amari Rogers, and all the other guys on defense. Also, yeah, got one national championship out of it. Where does Davo Sweeney and Brett Venables and Tony Elling and all of them that Clemson program go from here? Because yeah, you know, it's it's a tough way back up because I don't know if they're going to be able to get back to that pedestal where they were. Of course, I think it's tough. I think you know the Lawrence era is. I mean, unless 
the world ends, he's gone. He's going yeah. to the NFL. Um, but I think, you know, I don't think Clemson. I think you. I think you said it perfectly, Harrison. Clemson is not. I think it's going to take them a bit to get back up to the number one, number two spot, winning consistently. But I don't think they're going anywhere. I mean, they had a top five recruiting class. Davo Sweeney has a talent. DJ Uyagalele, he's the future, and he's shown this year why he's going to be the next great thing at Clemson. But it's hard to replicate a guy like Trevor Lawrence, even Deshaun Watson. It's tough. Those are really talented players. How do you replace that kind of swagger? And they're losing a lot, too. I mean, ETN's going to be gone. I think Scalski's gone. You're losing some big pieces besides Trevor Lawrence. But I think for Davos 20, the advantage you have is they just extended Venables. He's staying. And they just extended Tony Elliott. So both guys are staying with the program which gives you a building block going into next year. They're going to run the same system. You get a lot of familiarity. So I don't think Clemson's going anywhere. I just think it's going to take them some time to get back, like you said, to that one-two spot. And one thing before I go, I want to mention something. This is actually about Ohio State. Yeah. Kind of on, kind of on another subject, talking about Justin Fields. A lot of rumors going around, and this is – I want to ask you a question. Before. A lot of rumors are go, going around about the Jacksonville Jaguars – they're going to fire Doug Marone. I saw that. And they're talking, about, they're talking about bringing in either Urban Meyer or Ryan Day. So, Harrison, if they bring in one of those two, does the persona change on potentially drafting Justin Fields at one? I would be utterly shocked if Ryan Day left Ohio State to go be the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, considering right. where the Ohio State is now. And I don't really see it from Urban Meyer. I, I'd be very surprised if Urban Meyer – I still think yeah. Rodgers is the consensus number one pick, but well, Urban Meyer never coached Justin Fields, so I know no, there's a privacy connection there. But with Ryan Day, it's a different story. But I'd be very surprised if either of them is the head coach of Jacksonville next year. One last thing I want to say: you mentioned Travis Etienne. This is this may be a hot take. Yep, Travis Etienne might be washed. I know he's he a lot of carries, and you said what the yep. all-time leading yard in the history of the ACC. Yeah. In terms of any position, running, receiving, so many catches, so many yards, he took a beating this year. I, I yeah. would be, I think last year he was the number one draft pick by running back in last year's draft. Yeah. I can't say the same this year. I, he took a lot of hits this year. He had injuries. He might his best days might really be behind him. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at stats now. Last year. 1,614 yards. 2018, 1,658 yards. This year, 914 yards. It's not the same. And you talk about coming into this year, I mean, Travis Etienne was like, hey, he's the best back in the country. He's going to be the first back taking the draft. No question. I could not agree more. I could not agree more with you. I'm glad you mentioned that because he – is just not running the same that he has in past years. He had good games this year, but I'm, this could be me. It does not look like he's hitting the hole as fast as he was. And he's his physicality. Pass catcher. Yeah, no, he's not. And the physicality is just not this. He's not getting those yards after contact he was last year. So I agree. That's a great hot take. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely something to think about because like it didn't seem like uh, Ohio State was scared of Travis Etienne. They were they were much yep. more afraid of Lawrence dropping back and throwing the deep balls. And they mm-hmm. were saying, okay, give it to Travis Etienne. You know, we'll see where he goes in the draft. There was a lot of good running backs, especially Najee Harris. We'll talk about him in just a second. Yes. So let, let's transition that to the other semifinal, the Rose Bowl in Dallas. Alabama took on Notre Dame, beat them 31-14. It was 21-7 at the half. It was 24-7 or 28-7 going into the fourth quarter, 31-7 at one point. Max Jones, 25 of 30, 297, four touchdowns, no picks. Najee Howard's 15 carries, 125. Devontae Smith, seven catches, 132. And they're still without Jalen Waddle. Dude. This offense is so efficient, 31 points overall, which it could have been up to 45 if they really kept their foot on the gas. John yep. the third also had three catches, 53 yards. Ian Book, not his best game, 27 of 39, 229 through the air, one pick, no touchdowns. Uh, Williams, the running back, 16 carries, 64 and a touchdown. Ian Book also ran for a touchdown as well at the end of the game. This is kind of what we expected. We both thought Alabama would roll. Uh, how did they do it? Yeah, you know, the score, first of all, let me say this. This score 
is not indicative of the game. Alabama dominated in all facets. I mean, I, I thought this score could have easily been, like you mentioned, a 45 to 7. I just think Alabama almost got kind of complacent in that second half. They were like, we've Notre Dame cannot move the ball. We're going to win this game. I think they definitely took the, their foot off the gas. But, um, you know, <laughs> for Alabama, it's, it's just it's the same story. It's just offense and just how prolific they are. And it's the Devontae Smith show. I mean, three touchdowns again. This guy is going to win the Heisman Trophy. I, I don't know how he wouldn't. You, you know, early, a few games ago, I could argue against it. I don't know how you could argue against him not getting it. I mean, against him getting it. He's going to win the Heisman. He has that type of ability. And Steve Sarkeesian did such a good job in this game. I mean, Notre Dame is a physical team up front. We know that. We saw that. Sarkeesian did a really good job of spreading the ball around. He got players like Devontae Smith in space. And when you get him in space, he's impossible to tackle. He is. And I think Mac Jones did a good job of distributing, distributing the ball. And for Notre Dame, Ian Book is a guy that has to be outside the pocket to succeed. Um I mean, it's like on 70% of dropbacks, he's getting out of the pocket. He's not comfortable. And Alabama did a really good job of keeping him in the pocket, making life, making life difficult. So this is the Alabama defense we've been waiting to see. We're going to wait and see how are they going to bounce back from performance against Florida where they give up 46 points and just look confused. They bounce back well. They bounce back really well. They were, they were well all on the defensive front. They were. I mean, Kyron Williams – I mean, you and I agree, he might have been the best freshman back in all of college football this season. Yeah, no question. But couldn't do anything. I mean, 64 yards and a touchdown, 16 carries, that's not good enough. Yeah, and they had no pressure on Kyle Trask in the in the SEC championship in the exact one. No. They were getting to Ian Book constantly on yep. on yesterday. He fumbled yep. the ball. They were – I don't know how many sacks of the team they had. I think it was like two or three. No, yeah, it was, it was two. Yeah. They couldn't block them up front. Notre Dame really never established the run. They did have the one drive in the second quarter where uh, Williams uh, broke off a couple, but it was never really consistent, hard mouth running. I think Nick Saban's still going to be a little disappointed with his team. They took their yep. foot off the gas in the second half. They only scored one touchdown. I they're some they're still going to find motivation to use that for next week. Yeah. The championship. Oh, we only scored seven points in the second half against Notre yes. Dame. This is unacceptable. The Alabama program. And, oh know, yeah. He- he wasn't happy after the game. He said it. He kind of he kind of jokingly laughed, but he's like, "Man, I've always got something to complain about." But we didn't play our best ball, and hey, that was know, far from Alabama's best game. Oh, for sure. And I think looking forward, real quick to next week, Trey Sermon is going to test this defense. We know Justin Fields is going to have a good. He probably have a big game. Trey Sermon's really going to test this front seven along with the offensive line because, I mean. Ohio State offensively scares me way more than Notre Dame ever will. They're going to challenge that front seven. How do they react? How, what does Nick Saban do? How do they react to that running game? I don't, it's going to be it's going to be Let me ask you something. Yeah. Who, who is the best running back Alabama has faced this season? Golly. If Trey Sermon comes nowhere close to anyone, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I mean, I don't know. Like, like Trey I'm I mean, Florida's had Florida has nobody. It's even worth. I mean, Williams was one of the best. Auburn. I mean, has, I guess maybe some maybe Zamir White. But Georgia wasn't running the ball. Georgia kept trying to and Bennett. It, maybe Isaiah Spiller for A and M. I don't that, know. That, that was that was so early in the year. Alabama has not faced a rushing attack like North, like Ohio State, no. and combine that with a passing attack of Fields. The number one thing I'm going to be looking for in this championship is. Sean Wade, who we didn't really talk about in Ohio State, he was bad in that game against Columbus. I mm-hmm. ignore this before, ignore he Trevor Lawrence. Every time he looked Sean Wade's way, it was a completion. It he was, was to no Steve Sarkeesian in his final game as the Alabama offensive coordinator as he's having yep. the head coaching job at the University of Texas Austin. If I don't know if Jalen Waddle is going to play, he might. But if Devontae Smith or John Mechie or even uh, Billingsley, if he lines up on that side with. Yep. Sean Wade, Mac Jones is throwing over there. They're going to test Sean Wade time after time. 
and that's the factor. Can Sean Wade step yeah. up like he did at some points this season? He had a pick six against Indiana, yeah. had a couple of nice plays against Penn State, but they, they need Sean Wade and that Ohio State secondary to step up. Trevor Lawrence threw for 400 yards. We can't ignore that in that no. second They need to step up in the secondary, and they have to put pressure on Mac Jones. Yeah. Well, and I mean, yeah, I mean, Sean Wade was lined up against Cornell Powell against Clemson. Like Cornell Powell, there was one play where he, I mean, he ran a route, and Sean Wade was slipping. I mean, was just out of position. They embarrassed him. I mean, Cornell Powell put a beat down on Sean Wade. Yeah. Cornell Powell, no offense to him. He's a great player. He's nowhere close to Devontae Smith. He is not a Devontae Smith. That's the point. What do you do for that? How, I mean, and then we forget about John Mechie. I mean, John Mechie has the talent level that Smith does, just not quite as developed. Another guy, too, in this game, Jaleel Billingsley. I don't know if you've watched him play. He's listed as a tight end. This guy's freakishly athletic. I mean, Alabama finds these guys deep in the depth chart and just continues to use them in ways you'd never think. But I don't know how, if you're Ohio State, no one slowed down Devontae Smith. How do you game plan? How do you game plan against him? It's going to be a lot of zone coverage from Ohio State. It has to be. They played a lot of man against Clemson. I, yep. You know, they've been playing a lot of man coverage this season. They're going to have to adjust to a zone because they can't play one-on-one with Devontae Smith and they can't play one-on-one with – I don't know if Jalen Waddle is going to play. I really hope he does because that makes the game more interesting. Yep. And even Miller Force that we mentioned, we, we didn't mention, three catches, 31 yards. And I can't believe we've gone this far without mentioning the Najee Harris hurdle over that Notre Dame. Man, he holy – Oh my I gosh. He, he cleared the landing also and kept running. This was the best part about it. It wasn't like the hurdle out of bounds. He hurdled yep. and kept going. Oh man. I mean, okay. He is. He is. Najee Harris is another guy that you forget to talk about. I mean, he's a quiet assassin because he is shadowed by this passing attack. I mean, they're averaging 49.7 points a game. That's the most ever under a Nick Saban offense. Like, even last I year, think, I, I would argue last year's offense is more talented with Tagovailoa and had Judy and Ruggs and you know, more depth at running back. Well, with Tua, I mean, Tua was, well, he got hurt later in the year, of course. But, like, I think people forget how special this offense is. I think they're overshadowed a little bit kind of by, last, like you said, last year's talent. This year, they don't have as many flashy names. I mean, They're just more efficient. They are. They're way more efficient. And it's, you know what? I've never been an Alabama fan. I, I I appreciate what they do, but watching them, it's special. I mean, it, it is special to watch them play. It is. Yep, and we'll do our uh, national championship predictions next Saturday and next Sunday morning. Yep. Uh, before our, before the big game on Monday, I'm I think I'm going to pick Ohio State because I've been rolling. I know up. I'm leaning that way. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I I did predict that they would beat Clemson all season. I'm probably going to roll the dice in the national championship. But let's talk about the other New Year Six games. We'll hit the other four. Florida, Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl, number seven, Florida, number six, Oklahoma. Kyle Trask is without his top four receivers, Tony, Copeland, Grimes, Pitts. Kyle Trask wasn't very good in this game. And you can use that as an excuse that he was at them without his top four guys. You take any top four receivers from any quarterback in the country, he's going to struggle. That Oklahoma defense played really, really well. Yeah. Trask, his final stats were 16 of 28, 158, three picks, all three of the picks were in the first quarter. We saw some Emory Jones action, 8 of 16, 86 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Emory Jones, once again, the leading rusher for Florida, 10 carries, 60 yards, and a score. Uh, but just no air attack for Florida. Whitmore was their leading receiver with two catches for 47 yards. Nothing from that Florida offense, one of the best offenses we've seen all year. I think in Oklahoma running the ball, one of the best rushing attacks, I think in the most rushing yards ever in the Cotton Bowl, 435 yards. Uh, Stevenson, 18 carries, 186 in the score. Major had nine carries, 110 in the touchdown. Spencer Rattler ran for another as well. I think Alabama deep down was pretty happy they didn't have to play this Oklahoma team in the semifinals. Is their defense had been, play, been playing better all year, and they really had a good showing against Florida. What did you see? Yeah. Let me uh, – I want to read you a couple things, Harrison. All right, let's hear it. That wasn't the 2020 football team that you saw. I view the last game, the last team, the 2020 That's team – played 11 days ago and we had enough players to not play in this game i'm gonna rant for a second 
I've grown up in a household of Gators. This is this is Dan Mullen. Just making sure. Yes, that's Dan Mullen. That is Dan Mullen, the head coach of the Florida Gators. Look, I've grown up in a household of Gator fans. I've been a Gator fan my life. I've always watched them. I've supported them. I've known them. But I'm so tired of Dan Mullen getting up on stage and making excuses for his team. He takes no accountability for himself, for his players, or for his coaches. He doesn't. He consistently wants to blame factors out of his control. I get it. You have your four best playmakers. I get it. But I don't care if they played. The way they roll in the field against Oklahoma, they wouldn't have beaten them anyway. It wouldn't have mattered. They couldn't play defense. Dan Mullen needs to look within him. All year he said, the defense is getting better. They're getting there. We're going to get there. It's gone nowhere. It's gotten worse. Todd Grantham's defense has gotten worse. And Dan Mullen talks about this Gator standard. He's not living to this Gator standard. I mean, it's been – they have wasted one of the best offenses in college football with a terrible defense. It, it just is frustrating. And the excuse is like Oklahoma – I'm sure you might have watched this game. Yeah, flat yeah. out, flat out, ran all over this defense. They played better offensively. I mean, again, I don't care who's playing. The way Oklahoma played and the way Florida played, Oklahoma was going to win this game. And – I mean, if you're Florida, it's I, – I know you didn't make the playoff. You're frustrated. But, I mean, if he's saying that, why even play? Why go if you come out like this? No one cared. No one on that field cared except for the freshman that got in towards the end. It was atrocious. I give all the credit in the world to Lincoln Riley. They came out with a game plan, and they ran the ball like crazy – and dominated but it for the gators mullen's gotta watch out because this mouth that he's running and these excuses gator faithful not gonna like it i promise i'm i'm really happy for lincoln riley this is me too he never won a bowl game because he had three straight trips to the college world playoff and lost the heartbreaker and double over time to georgia lost yep. a tough game to alabama where they kind of had a terrible first quarter but then outplayed them for three more quarters and then last year just ran into the greatest offense in the history of college football and joe burrow yeah Tigers. they were really prepared for this game defensively florida's offense even without their top weapons were still an elite uh offense a great unit kyle trask a tough quarterback the game plan against just because of his mobility and his you know the deep ball he has and they were able to take the ball away from him they put pressure his qbr was 21.6 and I mentioned Dude. to the top, if we saw Oklahoma, Alabama, if Oklahoma wouldn't have stumbled against Kansas State in that first game, yep. of the game we would have been watching Oklahoma, Alabama, and Dallas. And I really thought yeah. that would have been a great game. But I think Oklahoma's a lot of momentum going into next year. They're bringing basically yep. everyone back also. I, I yeah. think Stevenson, I, is he a junior? I think he's a junior. <clears throat> no, he's, he's a senior. senior. He's a senior. I, he's probably going, so he's gone. But – Oklahoma's yeah. got a lot of running backs. We saw them ran for 435 on the ground. They're bringing everyone back for the most they part. Are. The defense is still going to be good. This is a dangerous team. That, like, yes. Joke, Oklahoma is forbidden from the playoff because of their disappointments. I, I would argue Notre Dame should be forbidden from the playoff from now on. Yes. This is a what I'm telling you right now, January, today is January 3rd, 2021. Yeah. Watch out for Oklahoma. This is going to be an yeah. angry, motivated team. Kind of like what we saw with, I don't want to say Ohio State, but this was like when, this is like when, when LSU beat Central Florida in the Fiesta Bowl two years ago, when they hadn't like, they had a kind of disappointing regular season where things could have gone better for them. They had a tough loss to Florida that season, but they beat Central Florida in the Fiesta Bowl and it gained a really a lot of momentum that gave, put them in position to have one of the best college football seasons of all time. Watch out for Oklahoma next. This is going to be a good, good – I don't know their non-conference schedule off the top of my head. Assuming they have – they're not playing any crazy, crazy non-difficult non difficult non-conference opponents, this is going to be a team to watch for next year. I really like the way they played in this game. I'm happy for Lincoln Riley. I think we should get a uh, Dan Mullen, Dabo Sweeney podcast. I think we would get a lot, yes. of, a lot of really interesting content from there, a lot <laughs> of excuses. Yeah, I why why even play the game? In Florida – I know. Florida's the opposite. They lost their last three games this season. They have no momentum heading to next year. They're losing Kyle Trask. They're losing all their weapon guys. I'm not sure Florida's – I think Georgia's the favorite in that 
conference yeah. this year. No, they got to watch out, man, because you, you said it. They lost three games in a row. You're losing Kyle Trask, Pitts, Tony, Copeland, Grimes. They're all gone. They're losing a whole lot. They got to watch out. But, be I mean, yeah, and let's – I agree. Let's focus let's, – let's talk about Oklahoma. Like, what they did was unbelievable, and I agree with you. I'm glad you mentioned it. They are going to be a scary, scary team next year. You mentioned the non-conference. The only they play three non-conference game next year: Tulane, Western Carolina, and Nebraska. Oklahoma will go undefeated next season. They will. They will go undefeated next Oklahoma, year unless they slip up. I'm looking at their. I just pulled up their schedule now. Oklahoma will be going 11 and 0 next year, and they're yep. going to win the the Big 12 title and be the number one team in the college yep. playoff next year. <laughs> I agree, and I, and I think. You know, a guy I've mentioned all year for them, Ronnie Perkins, the junior defensive end, they're not sure if he'll go to the draft yet. I think he's had a fine on. season, but not a great season. But he's a fantastic drafter. So Marcus Major, the running back, too, true freshman. He had nine carries, 110 yards, touchdown. He's coming back. Seth McGowan, one carry for 73 yards. He's coming back. Oklahoma, I mean – with the offense they run and Alex Grinch's defense finally settling into the system, they are going to be one of the elite next year, or, or maybe the elite next year. After They're, the Texas game, if you look at it statistically, they yeah. were not the best defense in the Big 12. They were one of the best defenses in the nation after the Agreed. Texas game. They, yep. they put pressure, they forced takeaways, and like I'm like really excited to see what Oklahoma looks like next year. I am too, and I think you know Kyle Trask in this game, I love Kyle Trask. I, I love him. So do I. But I think he's gonna be Josh. I I think he's gonna be a. I think he's gonna drop second or third round, and it'll be a steal. I really do. But those three interceptions. I'm sorry. They weren't great placed footballs, but those Oklahoma defenders, man, they're yeah, making they're plays. They're making play. I mean, they confused. They were baiting Kyle Trask the entire. Night, you could see it. They were baiting him the entire night. Trey Norwood, the pick six, the sky's the limit for this team. Lincoln Riley, I think next year is the year he silences the haters and the doubters and says, "Hey, we're new. This is a different team than you've seen. Watch out." And it'll also be an exper- more experienced Spencer Rattler who got better as the season. Went yes, on. I mean he could be. He's probably the Heisman favorite entering next season. I would assume him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Ken Powell, we'll talk about him a little bit. Let's jump to the uh, Peach Bowl. Georgia took it on Cincinnati. Cincinnati people argue we were high on them all season long. We then kind of slowly slid off the bandwagon as the season went on as we kind of realized that they weren't at the top team that we thought they were. Yeah. They put up a great, great contest against Georgia. 24-21 win. Comeback win for the Dogs. JT yep. Daniels, 26 of 38, 392. Touchdown and a pick. Zamir White. Held to just 39 yards and a touchdown. George Pickens, a superstar in the, in the making at receiver. Seven catches, 135, and a score. Uh, Desmond Ritter for Cincinnati, just 206 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Four to the running back. Eight carries, 97 yards, and a touchdown. But it was the end of the game. This was really 22-21, but there was a safety at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, as their kicker, uh, J- Jack Podlensi. Podlensi. <laughs> 53 yards right down the middle, a beautiful kick for Georgia to finish off what was really a weird season for them. Yeah. And they won a near six game. Kirby Smart got it done. Uh, what were your thoughts on the people? Yeah. Well, again, I think this complicates the group of five going forward. Uh, you said it. we've been high on Cincinnati all year. Um, but the New Year's six ball game for the group of five that gets in is a chance to prove why you belong in the top 10 and why you can compete with the power five teams. So anytime you're a group of five team and you don't win, it's not a great look. Um, I still think Cincinnati is a very, very good football team. I think they're, I think they deserve to be in my opinion, top 10. I do. I think they're still that high of the threshold, but this is a, this is a really, I think a great win for Georgia going into next year. Uh, JT Daniels, people forget, he had 392 yards in this game. I know he only had a touchdown, one touchdown, but he had almost 400 yards. This guy's still a phenomenal quarterback. But give Cincinnati credit. They held the dogs in check on the ground. As Amir White was their leading rusher, 11 carries, 39 yards, and a touchdown. 
Georgia's bread and butter is running the ball behind that big offensive line. They could not establish a run game. So give credit to uh, Cincinnati there. But Cincinnati, after that first half, dude, they just couldn't get any offense going. The defense played a great game. They, they were in the game because of their defense. But ultimately, they couldn't score. They could not move the ball to save their life. Yeah, and I'm going to you know talk a little hypothetical here. JT Daniels was outstanding every game he played in for Georgia since he became the starter. He was great against Missouri. He was great in their game yesterday – or yeah, yesterday against Cincinnati. Yeah. He started with three or four games. was good in all of them. Yeah. If he would have started against Alabama, I really think Georgia could have won that game. I do too. I mean, they, wasn't, the, wasn't the guy. He wasn't ready. Dude, they, they were with Alabama. They were beating them at halftime. They yeah. were every bit there. They just said some minutes to three interceptions. That's that's not good enough. That's not. Yeah. Um, well, I There was not too much to really unpack from that game. I'm happy that Kirby Smart got another near six-bowl win under his belt. I think Kirby Smart's a really good coach. Cincinnati, it's still a successful season for them, 9-1. and yeah. one. They, You know, they got to their first New Year's Six game, unfortunately. You know, for the group of five, they didn't get the win. I don't think the New Year's Six – I don't think the group of five has won in New Year's Six game since UCF beat Auburn back in yeah. 2017. So the wait continues for another one of those wins. Well, uh, and yeah, one, one thing one thing real quick – Um. I like Luke Fickle a lot, and I would not be shocked if in the next five or so years he picks up a Power 5 job. What he's done with Cincinnati is remarkable. I mean, Desmond Ritter and these all these guys are two – I mean, they're two-star recruits competing with five-star athletes for Georgia. I mean, give him credit. What he's done with this team is phenomenal. It couldn't get done, but I would not be shocked if he got a big job in the near future. I, I could see that happening. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, if Ryan Day were to go to Jacksonville, which I, I doubt will happen, Luke yeah. Fick will be the guy will be the head coach of Ohio State next year. If that Great. would happen, I don't think it would, but he'll be a head coach at a big-time school sooner or yeah. later. Uh, let's quickly fly through the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Iowa State rocked Oregon 34-17 earlier today. Brock Purdy, one of the more underrated quarterbacks in college football, 20 of 29, 156 in a score. Bryce Hall, 34 carries, 136, two touchdowns. Uh, receiving the ball, Kohler, five catches, 53 yards in a score for the Cyclones. But their defense, they held their Oregon's quarterback Brown to 12 of 19, 147, no touchdowns, no picks. Uh, die on the ground, who was, took over for C.J. Verdell. Just eight carries, 52 yards. Oregon had no consistent offense. Iowa State controlled time possession. They had long drives down the field and Bryce Hall punching in at the end zone. Brock Purdy also ran for a touchdown. Good season for Iowa State. They early lost to Louisiana. They ran, they ran the table before losing the Big 12 championship to Oklahoma, and then they have a nice win against Oregon. And Oregon, who yeah. I guess Oregon was happy to be here. They only played seven games this season. They stumbled into a Pac-12 championship win against USC, and they came short. Uh, what did you see from the Cyclones today? Yeah, well, I think you and I both. I think we both picked the upset here, Oregon. Yeah, I picked Oregon. Um, but I think both of you and I collectively agree. The only thing we were worried about was Oregon's offense. I think we knew Oregon's defense was good enough to win this game. It was could they generate enough offense to stay with Iowa State? And the answer was no. They didn't score any second half points. They had none. So I think it's a combination of a lack of offense – efficient offense efficiency for Oregon, but also just the dominance on defense for Iowa State. I this Iowa State, they don't even feel like a big 12 team because they play good offense, but they pride themselves on physical defense. They feel like a big and they did that. They do. They feel like a big 10 team. Exactly. I think they forced, you know, Tyler Show into the bench early in the first uh, first half, just 79 yards and interception. Um but they really was there was no consistent offense even from the backup quarterback Anthony Brown who came in did a better job but man Brees Hall how how good is he I mean he is you know, a, a second and third round pick in the draft yes he is 100 136 yards and two touchdowns on 34 carries he's a guy they can give the ball to as you see it 30 times a game and he's gonna pound the rock consistently so this is a great win for Matt Campbell how Matt Campbell takes a team of three stars 
to a top 10 spot is phenomenal. He is, in my opinion, I'm going to go this way. I think he's a top 10 coach in college football. I think he is a top 10 coach in college football the way he has led this team. I think he's going to get NFL head coaching buzz this year. He has gotten a little bit of buzz in the past. He will get multiple job interviews this year. I think – I don't know if he's going to take one, but I think it's in the realm of possibilities that Matt Campbell is going to be an NFL head coach next year. He's a outstanding coach. Iowa State is just this irrelevant program that he has just turned into a nine-win team. I know they didn't win the conference. They didn't break the streaks. Like 19 people, they haven't won a conference. It came a little bit short, but I still think it's – you know, they should raise their heads high. I don't know what, what Brock Purdy's future is. I think he's going to enter the draft probably. Yeah. Day three pick. But he's a quarterback I'd like to have in my organization. He is a – he's a tough Agreed. player. He's got a good arm. And, you yep. know, he's, he's a smart football. He doesn't make too many mistakes. Yep. You know, he's going to be a good backup with a chance to compete for a starting job one day. Yeah, I think he's underrated. I think he's a, he's a competitor. Look, this guy is going to go in wherever he goes in the NFL. He's going to compete. Uh, he may not win the starting job. But he's going to give the starter all they can handle. He's a very competitive guy, but he's a great team player. He's a leader. That's the big thing about Brock Purdy. He is a leader. I think he's got a great future ahead of him. But I think for Iowa State, um, I think Iowa State, you know, real quick before we move on, yeah, I think they're going to struggle a little bit next year. Um, I, I think, think you lose going. Brock Purdy. Yep, I think I think Brees Hall's gone too. I think he's leaving Hall, too. Hall and Purdy will both be gone next year. Yeah, Purdy Hall and then Charlie Cole with the uh, tight ends gone. So I think Iowa State is going to drop off a little bit, but I I almost feel like this is the perfect time for Matt Campbell to take a job. I agree. Like this is the final year I think Iowa State is really going to compete in the top ten. So it's almost like a good send off. You get a New Year's Six bowl win. Now you take an NFL job. I could be wrong, but I could see that happening with Matt Campbell this year. That's what I think. Let's move on to the final New Year's Six game. Texas A&M just a couple hours ago. Knocked off North Carolina 41-27 in a really, really fun game. Texas A&M outscored North Carolina 24-7 in the fourth quarter. Not a huge flashy game from Kellen Mond, only 16 of 26, 232 through the air. But the freshman running back, Devin, excuse me if I got this wrong, Ashane? Ashane? Did I mess that up? Was that bad? Oh, but look, hold on. This was so hard. I was watching on mute. Devin Ashane. 12 carries, 140 on the ground, two touchdowns. Isaiah Spiller, who I think went down, Akane replaced him. 11 carries, 50 yards, two touchdowns. Kellen Monos ran for a touchdown. There's no way I said that right. But this guy <laughs> this guy will be a household name in the SEC at running back. Coming in in the fourth quarter and having some huge runs. Sam Howe, who was probably the first quarterback taken in next year's draft, 2022. 18 of 31, 234, three touchdowns and a pick. They were without their top two running backs. Uh, Williams and Carter, I think, are the name, the last names. Yeah. Uh, Brooks was their uh, third string back, 15 carries, 53 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, their receiver, uh, they were a couple receivers for a couple receivers short. Josh Downs, four catches, 91 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Newsome, six catches, 68 yards, and a score for North Carolina. But they they kind of let the game slip away. They were up a touchdown. They let Texas A&M come back. Had some big runs from. I, I can't I'm him. I don't know. I'm sitting here trying to figure out how you pronounce this guy's name. He I, he will I be a household name. I know he's a true freshman because I saw I, I was watching on mute. But he is. Yeah. I was. He's a tough runner. He was hitting the outside he edge. Run that swung that game. Yep. What did you see from Texas A&M uh, North Carolina? <laughs> well, I saw a team that is going to be competitive in the future. They're not going anywhere. Uh, Jimbo. Has this team rolling? I know they're going to lose Kellen Mond, but this is a team. I'm not going to say it's a huge loss. I don't think Kellen Long's that good. I, I don't think so either. I think he's a fine quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback. <laughs> they're going to start giving Alabama trouble. Will they beat them? I don't think so. Who knows? Maybe they will. They're going to really start competing even harder in the West now and pushing Alabama for that top spot. Um, but you mentioned Devon. I don't even know. Here's here's the moment of truth. I'm going to, this is the replay. Okay. A chain. A chain. chain. Devin, a chain. Sorry, Devin. (laughs) Devon, a chain. You're right. He's the building block going into next year. This is by far his best game. That's phenomenal. And over on North Carolina's side, 
when they beat Miami six, I'm sorry, I hate to do this to you. I'm sorry. It's okay, no, I'm it. over it. I'm over it. So when they beat Miami, they rushed the ball for 554 yards. That was it. <laughs> Only 90 yards on the ground today. I know their top two backs were out, but that's where North Carolina, their inability to really balance the offense tonight is what got them. We knew A&M was going to come into this game. They're going to be physical. They're going to hurt you at the point of attack. And they did just that. And North Carolina and Sam Howell, not his best game overall, just 234 yards, three touchdowns, and an That's IMT. a big place, but nothing – when it mattered, he didn't really get it done. Agree. And I think, look, his future's bright. Uh, this guy's going to be a first-round pick come draft time in a couple of years. He is a great player. Um, but I think A&M had a chip on their shoulder in this game. We both expected A&M to actually win this game big. Um, so it's a good win for Jimbo. But Mac Brown, look, he's got a top-10 recruiting class coming in. He's got Sam Howell back for his junior year. This defense – is young. They are. They have a secondary. They got two freshmen, one of which is supposed to be a senior in high school right now. So this defense is young. They're going to get better. North Carolina next year, too, is a team that scares me, really. I think they're going to be good next year. Can they get, you know, the running game going again? That's the question. But Sam Howell, he's going to be there. And I like this North Carolina team. But for Jimbo, it's a great win. He is building a program with the Aggies, and they're not going anywhere. Yeah, I agree. Um, we'll finish off college football with that. We'll talk a little more next week about the national championship. Let's jump to some NFL previews. Final week of the NFL season flew by. Week 17, so much playoffs on the line. I think two-thirds of the league is still in the playoff conversations, the most yeah. maybe ever, just so much, because especially the new two playoff teams coming in. A lot of action going on, a lot of intense games. We'll start by – we'll go by category. First category, AFC wildcard chase. We yeah. have, at 1 o'clock, we have Miami at Buffalo, Baltimore at Cincinnati, Pittsburgh at Cleveland also at 4 o'clock, Jacksonville's at Indianapolis. And we, we can include Tennessee, Houston in that category. Yep. Which of these teams has the most approved tomorrow to get into the postseason? Oh, man. Well, I think – this is so hard because these teams are all really, in my opinion, they're so similar. Okay, I'm going to kind of do a couple different things. I, yeah, I'm gonna also, do also tell me who the odd man out is going to be because one yeah. of those teams will not make the playoffs. I think the easiest route is Tennessee, right? They Wait. win against the Texans. They win the AFC South. That's it. If they win that game, they win the AFC South. The hardest in my eyes has to be the Dolphins. Taking the Buffalo Bills, the Bills are still fighting for that second AFC spot. Not to mention that the Steelers, for, for some reason, are resting Ben Roethlisberger. He's not playing. Mason Rudolph's playing. I guess because they want to wait. They know they're all the play Steelers out. starters are out. It's not just big. Yeah. Men. They're all their starters. So, I know why, but is it is it is it because they're going to the playoffs and they know it, they. There's no reason. If, I think they're locked into the three. Or are they? There's. They don't think there's a huge reason to move up to the two. That's fair enough. So I think, yeah, but I think the Bills are going to go out there and they're going to play. I mean, the Bills want to get that second spot. So the Dolphins, they're going to, man, they have the toughest road. I think the most approved is is Baltimore. Uh, I think Baltimore has all year. They've heard the same. Oh, Lamar Jackson, he he can't win a big game. Blah blah blah. First round exit. This Cincinnati's been sneaky down the stretch. Baltimore's a fourteen point favorite. That's too high. Uh, Cincinnati is going to play them tough. Jack Taylor has that team playing competitively. He does. So I think Baltimore, if they roll out, if they roll out out of bed, kind of go through a half speed, they won't win this game. They got to come out and play. They get the most approved. But again, I think the Titans have it the easiest. I think the Dolphins have the hardest. I think the Ravens have the most approved. I don't know. I don't know where the Browns. And the, I mean, the Colts should beat Jacksonville. They're just hoping for a couple losses here and there. I have a gut feeling the Bills are going to rest their starters tomorrow. Though. The Bills, they rested their starters last year before their playoff game against okay. Houston. I don't and know. The you go. No, I, I don't know if they will or not. McDermott hasn't said anything. He said after the New England game, and we're not going to talk about it at all, that uh, <laughs> they are – they are playing to go 13-3. and three. So maybe they yep. will – well, they, their backup quarterback is Jake 
Fromm, I believe. Is he the? I think it is. Yeah, I think it is Fromm. I, I would be excited to see some Jake Fromm action. I would too. I'm going to pick some winners for these games. Here's all the yeah. scenarios right now. The Titans make the playoffs with a win or Baltimore loss or Indy loss or Miami loss. Miami's yep. in with a win or Baltimore loss or Cleveland loss or Indy loss. Ravens are in with a win or Cleveland loss or Indy loss. Browns are in with a win or Indy loss or Tennessee loss with Baltimore losing, with Indy losing, with Miami winning. And the Colts are in with a win and they need either Tennessee, Baltimore, Cleveland, or Miami to lose. Texan Titans win the South with a win. Colts win the South with a win and a Titans loss. I'm going to pick the games. This is how I think it's going to go. Yep, go. Colts will beat Jacksonville. Browns will beat Pittsburgh. Yep. Baltimore will beat Cincinnati. I think Buffalo beats Miami. I think it's going to be a Great. bad game from Tua. I am yep. no Fitzpatrick. He's out with COVID. I yep. am nervous what Tua is going to do tomorrow in the cold weather. And I'm going to roll the dice and pick one upset. I'm going to pick Houston to beat Tennessee. I know you're not going to be happy about this. Well, you know. This, this reminds me of last year's Miami-New England game. Yep. Houston has nothing to play for. They don't even have their own draft pick because Bill O'Brien traded it away for Magic Beans. And he, <laughs> I think Deshaun Watson playing with a little chip on his shoulder. I think last year the Titans beat the Texans in week 17. Yeah. You know, maybe the Texans have them in the back of their mind. And they played an overtime game earlier this year. I just – I think there's going to be some upset tomorrow, and I'm going to roll the dice and say that it's going to be the Texans to pull off against the Titans. And the, well, Titans, the Titans will be the odd team out in that scenario. You know, and as a Titans fan, of course, you don't want to hear that. But I've been a Titans fan my whole life. And for some reason, they love to struggle against the Texans. They do. They love this year. They won forty-two to thirty-six in overtime. overtime against a team they should have beaten by twenty points. So <laughs> I like your. I actually. I, I like that. I, I am going to pick the Titans, but I like that pick. Um, not to mention, did you see JJ Watt's press conference after the game last week? I heard about. I don't know quote for quote, but I heard it was intense. Dude, he was fired up. I mean, he literally publicly stated that they were trash this year, but said, I don't care if we're trash. This is a job. You're getting paid tomorrow. Yep. You better come out and play your best football. I am nervous that the Titans are going to come out. They're going to travel to Houston. They're going to think, okay, Houston's 4 and 11. They have to play for whatever. They're not going to play hard. I'm worried they're going to get there, and Houston's going to show up and give them a game, maybe win. I think the Titans will win by a field goal, but I think it's a tricky game. As for the other games, I'm with you. I'll go Bills over Dolphins. I'll take the Ravens over the Bengals. I'll take the Browns over the Steelers but and Indianapolis over Jacksonville. But this race is crazy. This race is And in nuts. your scenario, Miami, I think, would be the team out. If those Agreed. Yeah. Let's move on to the NFC wild card <laughs> group of games. We'll decide <laughs> it. These games are at 4:30. It's Arizona at LA and Green Bay at Chicago. Chicago clinches a postseason berth with a win or a Cardinals loss. The Rams clinch a postseason with a berth with a win. A, a, clin, a clin, clinches a postseason berth with a win or a Bears loss. The Cardinals are in with a win. If the Packers win. They clinched the number one seed in the NFC. How do you see these games going? Do the Bears sneak their way in? Are the Cardinals in? Rams? What do you think? There's too much to play for for the Packers right now. They're not going to rest anybody. I mean, they want that first. They want that bye. Um, I think they're going to roll out there. I think they'll run over the Bears. Um, I think, you know, okay, I don't think – I think it'll be a 10-point win. I I just think Aaron Rodgers – is having that kind of season. I think he should win the MVP this year. Um, and the Bears, they – I mean, okay, give Trubisky credit. He's played better as of recently. He's playing better, but still not where he needs to be as a first-round pick, a top-ten pick. I think the Packers win this game. How – and this is – that Cardinals game, of course, Jared Goff out, John Walford, the Wake Forest quarterback who is still on LinkedIn – Um how does he win? How does he get it done? I, I just don't see a scenario. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he comes out as the biggest game of his life. He said, he said in a conference, if he has a big game, 
maybe he'll delete his LinkedIn profile. So who knows? But I, I think the Cardinals, I think they'll beat the Rams. Um, and I think that the Packers beat the Bears. Again, I just don't think there's enough offense from Chicago. And it's the same story from the Rams. These two teams are very similar in my eyes. They play really good defense. They have two elite pass rushers in Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald. But I just don't think there's enough offense. And, I mean, I think Cam Akers for the Rams keeps them in that game. They have, Great they have no up and no Daryl Henderson. Yep. So, I think he'll keep it close, but I just think Arizona wins. I think the Packers, too much to play for. I, uh, I agree. I think the Packers are going to come out playing strong. Even with Bakhtiari out, they're still not going to rest their starters. They know how important that one seed is. But I'm going to go the opposite of you. I think – I think we're going to realize how overrated Jared Goff might be. John Wolford, not only does he have a LinkedIn account. Oh, I think we just lost Garrett for a second. Let's. We just lost Garrett for a second. I'm going to try to bring him back here. Just the technical difficulties of Zoom. Okay, so I guess I'll just keep reading this out. John Wolford, he was the backup quarterback his freshman year at Wake Forest to a man we might know as Kendall Hinton, who started the one game for the Denver Broncos this season. Just a a crazy coincidence there. I think that we're going to realize how much the system, more of a ramp system it is, rather than the skills and talents of Jared Goff. I think Wolford's going to play a good game and that the Rams are going to pull off the upset. Uh, I think that game is at home against the Ram against the Cardinals. Yeah, that game is in. Excuse me. It's in Los Angeles. It's a home game for the Rams. I think Walford's going to play well, even with no Cooper Cup. It's going to be a heavy run game. I think Cam Akers can go for 150 yards, 170 yards. Big game for him. The Cardinals are two and six in their last eight games. Their only wins are the Hail Mary against Buffalo and the weird win against Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts. I am going to take the Cardinal, the Rams win that game by a field goal, and I think Green Bay wins a close game with Chicago. I think Mitch Trubisky able to put up some points where Aaron Rodgers gets it done. And in that situation, the Cardinals would be the odd team out. The Rams would be in, and the Bears would be out. Uh, NFC home field advantage. Green Bay is going to get the one seed. They're going to beat the Bears. When it comes to the two and three seed, I think the Saints are going to win against Carolina. Seattle, watch out. Seattle might lose to San Francisco. Garrett's coming back in here in a second. Let's see. Garrett. We had some technical technical difficulties there. I kept going on without you. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We're glad to have you back. I'm just going to quickly reread what I just said. Uh, I'm picking the Rams to beat the Cardinals tomorrow because I think John Walford is, uh, you know, I think it's going to be more the system <laughs> than it is about uh, Jared Goff specifically. I'm going to ask you this. So I just said it out loud. Do you know who yep. John Walford backed up at Wake Forest his freshman year? Who? Kendall Hinton. <laughs> Broncos legend. Yes, I saw that. I saw Broncos that. Broncos legend. Uh, yeah, I'm picking them. and I'm also picking the uh, Packers to roll the Bears. NFC one seed Green Bay with a win gets it. New Orleans is taking on Carolina. They should win that game. I would expect to get the two seed. Uh, Seattle will go in at number three. They, I Seattle, they tricky game against San Francisco. We've seen San Francisco play tough. Do you think they get that win? Uh, I think you said it. I think I think San Francisco will play tough. Um, I mean Seattle. There's some room for concern for Seattle. I think offensively. Um, they've dropped as the season has gone on. We talked about the beginning of the season, Russell Wilson, you know, being potentially the MVP and just the season he's had. It, it just hasn't been as good as he would have liked. Um, you know, no, I, I can't go against Seattle now. I, I just think San Francisco has struggled so bad this year. Um, they can't figure out the quarterback situation with Garoppolo out. And quite frankly, I don't think Garoppolo is all that. that he I don't. There's a chance. Yep. So I'd be, that'd be, I'd be curious to see what happens there, but I still think Seattle just has a little too much offense for the 49ers to handle. All right, and we'll wrap up the Week 17 previews with the crown jewel of the National Football League, the NFC East. 
who which any team except for Philadelphia can win the division. The New York Giants will win the division if they beat Dallas and Philadelphia beats Washington. Dallas will win the division if they beat the Giants and Philadelphia beats Washington. And all Washington has to do is beat Philadelphia to win the NFC East and host, I think, Tampa Bay in round one, who's taking on Atlanta tomorrow. Garrett, who's winning the NFC East? I'm going to be a little biased here, but I'm I'm going to take the football team. I I think coming off really an, an embarrassing loss, to Carolina, um, actually, but okay, can we talk about quite arguably the best move of the entire season was Ron Revere saying goodbye to Dwayne Haskins. Great move. I think all I of think Washington his was teammates to next year are going to love him. Yes, I could not agree more. So a great move there. Alex Smith is on track to start for the football team. Look, that game last week, it was frustrating. Um, they had a chance to clinch a playoff berth. Right then and there, couldn't do it. And for the Eagles, I think it'd be a different story. If the Eagles had won last week with a chance to get into the playoffs this week, I think they'd be scary. But I think right now, they know they can't make it. They just blew their chance last week. I question their motivation level. I I question if they'll really be there. So I think because Alex Smith is playing again, um, I think they'll get the win. That defense has just been lethal. Chase Young has already proven himself to be a leader on that roster. Um, as for the other game, I mean, I think if Washington wins again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't as matter. For the other, as for the other game, just I'll pick a winner. I think the Cowboys will win. I think the Cowboys have been a little hot recently, which is crazy. But I, I think the football team gets it done, man. I, I think it's going to be a bounce-back performance for them. Um, I'm excited to watch Alex Smith again, and I think they're going to really tee up on that, on that offense, that Philadelphia offense. That offensive line has been Awful. If you remember, they played in week one. Washington had eight sacks in that yep. game. They're going to tee up on the offense line. So we'll see. But I think I think Washington gets it done. So I, I've been picking a lot of upsets this year. I've been saying I said Ohio State was going to beat Clemson. I said the Jets would win eventually. A bunch of upsets between there. I think the winner uh, this time tomorrow night, the NFC's champion, will be the New York Football Giants. <laughs> I don't know. I I really can't explain it. And not only are the Giants going to win the NFCs, they're going to be Tampa next week. No way. I, oh am, I am rolling the dice. with This is like one of those – the Giants have those two magical Super Bowl runs that broke my heart both times. They're going to beat – they're going to win the NFCs tomorrow. It, this is going to be one of those weird Giants runs. The 6-10 and 10 Giants make the playoffs and win a game or two. I, I can't explain why, but – Daniel hey, I love has it. the Eli Manning look in his eye or in his face or everywhere. It just it's Eli, it's Eli Manning 2.0. And they have their vote. Joe Judge, good coach. I think they beat yeah. Dallas tomorrow. And I don't know. Jalen Hurts has just been playing well. So I don't know yeah. how I don't even yeah, see how like contact football in a couple weeks. I don't know how he's gonna hold up. You know, I am curious to watch the matchup with Jalen Hurts against this defense. Um I think because we saw, as you mentioned, week one, they played against Carson Wentz. It's a totally different feel when you play Winston, when you play Hurts. Hurts has been on fire. Even when they haven't won, he's been on fire. Um, so I think it would be curious. I think what – I just think what I like from Washington's defense is that defensive front is they're so fast and they're so physical up front at the point of attack. I mean, Montez Sweat has more sacks than Chase. He got nine sacks this year. No one talks about Montez Sweat, one of the best young defensive players in the league. Um, but I think it's going to be very competitive. This is not going to be by any means a blowout game for either team. I think these two teams always play close, so I am super excited to watch. I love your, I love the bowl pick by you. I love it. I, I love it. And I think if the, the playoff, how I think it works out, the Giants will be the four seed, Seattle's three, New Orleans two, Green Bay yeah. one, and the wild cards would go. I think it's Ram, it's Buccaneers, Rams, yeah, Cardinals. And we would see Cardinals at Tampa Bay or no Cardinals at I see was the two New Orleans, yeah, Rams at Seattle again and Giants box. I think those are all good NFC matchups. Crazy uh, in that wild card. Any big upsets you're predicting tomorrow? I want to pick <sighs> one upset. I'm so I already said mine. I'm taking Houston to be yep. what is yours? All right. If I had to pick one upset, let me pop through here real quick and look. Oh boy. All right. Think I've, I think I've keyed in on my upset. I'm going to take the Jets. I think I don't think that's an upset. 
<laughs> I think they are a uh, three-point underdog. Um, so I'm going to take the upset there. I think they've somehow, some way, in some world, they've been playing better. They're on a hot two-game winning streak. Uh, I think they'll get it done uh, tomorrow. Uh, Cam Newton, I mean, I know you're a Patriots fan. What's What's been going on with him? It, it's just uh, been a different He's playing COVID, but I don't, I don't know. I, it's, yeah. it's I'm excited for Zach Wilson next year. I'm really excited. Yes, you should be. I, again, I think Zach Wilson, <laughs> if he gets in that Belichick system. Or dude, Mac Jones. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I think Mac Jones could be a great fit. I think once you get your guy, sky's the limit. There's, there's a lot of work to do in that organization, but hopefully they score their first offensive touchdown since November. I, I guess we're going to We'll wrap up with that. Um, any final words? No, I mean, enjoy it. This is, again, the last week of regular season NFL football um, for the playoff start and then the college football playoff. Uh, the game we've all been waiting for. It kind of unexpected to see Ohio State popping in there. So it's going to be awesome. I hope everybody enjoys their week of football and tomorrow of NFL football. It's going to be a great day. I will be traveling to Ohio tomorrow. Okay. Uh, family. So I'll be watching football on the road tomorrow. Well, enjoy your trip to Ohio, Garrett. Enjoy your week watching the NFL. The NFL playoffs coming next Saturday. We'll break. We'll be breaking down right between the Saturday games and the Sunday games and looking forward yep. to the national championship game here in Miami. Should be super exciting. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for starting your Sunday with us, and we'll catch you right back here next Sunday. KCLU 88.1, start your Sunday. Harrison and Garrett signing off. See you next time.